The global crisis has accelerated the need for a more distributed workforce. Luckily, innovative organizations like VMware were well prepared for the new world of work before the pandemic even hit. On this episode of the Workday Podcast, I'm chatting with Amy Ganaway, Vice President of Global Compensation, Benefits, and HRIS at VMware, about how the company is thinking about the future of work. Thanks so much for joining me today, Amy. So let's start off by helping our listeners better understand what the current business landscape looks like right now. How has the pandemic affected the technology industry and how has it affected VMware specifically? Sure. Thanks for having me on the podcast today. Yeah, things have changed a lot because of the pandemic, but I would say in some ways it's business as usual for us. Our processes and abilities to support our customers have really been location flexible for many years. And it was a matter of pivoting to that being location flexible all the time. So we responded to this internally and with our external customers, giving them options and choice. And I think that the pandemic shifted everything to being virtual, which has a lot of positive benefits, but there's some drawbacks because before we used a more of a blended approach. And now people not only are thinking about things in the sense of 100% virtual, that's also how their home life has changed. So people are juggling being with their family. And that I think has had the biggest impact is it's not just about how do we go virtual, but how do our whole lives go virtual when our social life, our kids schooling, everything is virtual. And so to try to address some of this, we've really looked at it holistically and thought about how do we need to pace ourselves a little bit better? We introduced a pandemic leave, giving people 10 additional days off during the year to take a break, to address any things that they had that were needing to occur during business hours to support their kids' schooling. And then in addition to that, we've looked at two different company days off where we shut down on a Friday. Those were very well received um, because you could take a day off and your email virtually stopped in terms of any of the internal email flow. And that, I think, really helped people. So for us, for our specific industry, it really was juggling and adjusting to the blend of your home life and your work life. So you talked about how your workforce, you know, was already location flexible and you just had to pivot some things to make it more accommodating for the pandemic and where we are today with that. But let's look forward a little bit more. I don't think anyone thinks the workplace is going to look the same when offices do reopen. So how are you preparing and planning for the return to the workplace? So, of course, safety and employee well-being are at the top of the priority list, along with local compliance. But beyond that, I think we're really looking at this with a lens of leading through trust and choice. So I don't think that we'll ever return to what we would have called the old normal. In fact, roughly 80% of our workforce currently feels that the distributed work model is beneficial to them, as well as to the long-term success of VMware. So we're not going to just pivot back with everyone back in the office that used to be in the office office four to five days a week. But my belief is that we will go back to practices that served us well in the past that we really miss now, like on-site collaboration, strategy planning. Some people really thrive. They're extroverts. They like that full-time in an office, seeing people connecting with people hour by hour. I think those people will choose to come back and we will offer that as a choice for them. Others, I think, will say, that's good for me a couple days a week and I'd like to work from home a few days a week. And still, others have been very successful working 100% from home and they'll probably do that and just come in maybe once or twice a year. 
for team meetings. So I think that from that aspect, the distribution of our workforce, it's going to look very different in terms of who comes back to the office full time. So we've used pulsing surveys to find out this data, to understand people are comfortable returning to the office, what percentage of the time they want to come back. And what I just spoke to in terms of the choice, half of our employees are going to work full-time from home post-pandemic. And I think about a third will split their time and then the balance will be in the office five days a week. So we're looking at 10 to 15% that would be back in the office full-time, which is a far, far different environment than what we've had before. The pandemic has caused a lot of people to really focus on what's important to them personally and professionally and consider big life changes that align with their priorities and values that before maybe had been in the background or things they hadn't even entertained because they thought their career had to look one way or they had to be in a specific location. And so from our more recent pulsing survey, over 10% of our workforce plans to move probably in the next six to 12 months. So physically moving, whether it's to a new country, a new state, a new regional area within their state or their province. And so that is a large number of moves that we're planning to support. Well over 3,000 people in our global workforce that will be making that personal move and working with their leaders to make sure that they balance what they need to from a work perspective, time zone perspective. And with that, we've given lots of flexibility and we do align pay to match the competitive market which people are moving to. Interestingly enough, when we first rolled this out, we didn't expect many people to choose to move to locations where the pay is higher and we were surprised. So at the start, we actually had more people moving to the higher cost locations than the lower cost locations, but it settled down. And so about a fifth of the people moving are moving to locations with a higher labor cost, and we're adjusting their salaries accordingly. About a quarter of people are moving to a totally different country, and we adjust currency and localize everything for them. And a good portion of people also are just staying within an area where the cost of labor is similar to where they were before, so no change to them, even though they might be moving to a totally different state. And so that leaves us with a a small balance of people that are choosing to move to locations with the lower cost of labor, and we do review and adjust appropriately to make sure that we're paying equitably and they're not out of alignment with their peers in the new location. But really, it's flexibility and choice that are driving these decisions. Right now, it doesn't look like there's going to be huge cost savings or huge cost increase for the company. It looks like it's balancing out in a manner that's really supporting what our employees want to do, allowing them to be their best selves in their personal life and in their contributions for VMware. So Amy, it sounds like the pandemic has accelerated some of your efforts around having a more distributed workforce. How are you balancing flexibility and productivity amongst your employees right now? Wow, we've hired several thousand employees since mid-March when the pandemic really first started to change operations in the U.S. And we've onboarded them using a combination of technology. So we use Workday for onboarding with all of their data, everything from your I-9 being done electronically all the way through benefits and enrollment. So that has been seamless for us. And we've also used our own um, VMware Workspace ONE product to get people onboarded and up to speed virtually. And that's been well received as well. So we haven't had had many hiccups, if any, in pivoting to hire people other than, of course, you know, I think there's still a little bit of that missing of the in-person interaction. But given the circumstances, that's been really smooth. In terms of 
How do we keep things flexible, but people productive? I think one new work practice that we put into place about six weeks ago or so is to adjust all of our standard meetings to be 25 minutes or 50 minutes. I think people found that because you're not walking from meeting room to meeting room, you just get in a mode of I'm on Zoom all day long, back to back and not getting those quick breaks. And that's been really well received for people to take that five or that 10 minute break to answer a quick email or get up and stretch. In addition to just navigating what it looks like in terms of being on Zoom, maybe you're not having your camera on all the time, you're picking that selectively so that there's a little less camera fatigue. And we look to put even more practices in place. I know a lot of business units are trying to consider no internal meetings on Fridays, give people a time to catch up and feel great and strong going into the weekend, just because it's kind of a heavy time right now for employees and wanting to make sure that we do everything that we can to structure people to be successful and productive without that equaling and working a lot of additional hours. Yeah, Zoom fatigue is real. Yes. (laughs) So speaking of technology, how are you leveraging it during this time of change? So we've leveraged Workday for several things. For example, worker locations. We really have to review and assess how we're using those, especially as we go to more of supporting a blended model where some people might be in the office a few days a week, working from home a few days a week, and wanting to make sure that we're compliant and very clear on what location people are in. There's tax implications, especially if people might be working in a variety of different states or crossing state borders, working from one state from home, another state in the office, right? So and making sure that we're up to speed on all that data. Also, different regional and safety compliance guidelines around the world, and we need people to acknowledge those. So we've done some high-level ones at the company level where people have signed them electronically through Workday. It's been very seamless, just click of a button or click of two buttons, and people are off and running. We're able to get great metrics and reporting on the back end, sync that up with our real estate teams in terms of who is allowed to go into the office. Now, most of our offices globally not open yet, but we do have occasions where people might on a special day be able to come in and get their equipment, social distancing, doing that in a safe way, but they can't return until they've signed that. So that's been a huge collaborative effort to have well over 40,000 employees and contractors receive this document, sign it electronically, something we were easily able to turn around in just a few short days when we realized we needed to roll this out. That was thanks for sure to our huge partnership with Workday and the Workday product. It wasn't anything we had to call in any special favors on. We were just able to use functionality that's already there. We also just continue to leverage our own Workspace One product internally, and our employees do use that product every day, directly and indirectly, and it's a great productivity tool. It has baked in VPN access, since everyone's working from home and able to access all of the applications they need, notifications, consolidated workflow, etc. So something that was definitely loved and used when we were in the office, I think, takes on new meaning as people are working in a more distributed manner. Yeah, it absolutely does. So as you move forward into this more distributed workforce, how are you keeping up employee engagement during this time? Yes, it's an interesting balancing act as we think about this. And I think engagement is directly correlated with well-being and how people are taking care of themselves. And so that really has been front and center. Expanding our well-being programs has been on our roadmap globally for several years now. We've been making some incremental progress, but we're looking to make some significant progress and changes with enhancements coming in 2021. In particular, 
mental health and mental well-being is top of the list and looking at new programs to support employees and their families globally. We have had some programs that have run this year to help people and specifically targeted to help employees that are managing and juggling kids that are doing school at home. So we've had some services to help provide that and we're looking for even stronger services coming into the new year. And then we're also looking at well-being from a holistic perspective. So looking at physical, mental, financial, and community well-being. And we have pivoted what used to be a well-being program focused purely on physical well-being, physical fitness, and kind of reimbursing people for things of that nature and making that program much broader so that people can tap into all the different areas of well-being in their life for reimbursement. That's awesome. It really sounds like you're prioritizing your employees' whole well-being from physical to mental, which is great. As we wrap up here, do you have any parting advice for other leaders who are preparing for their future workplace and the new normal? Sure. I think that leading with trust and choice are really key. If you frame your program from that, assuming the best in people, then people really will deliver and share and be transparent. And I think that the transparent sharing, especially between the employee and manager, kind of the most important relationship in a company really allows them to adjust, negotiate schedules, negotiate deliverables in a manner that helps people keep their well-being up and perform their best, and then also make sure that the company is able to deliver their commitments to customers and their commitments to the team as a whole. And so trust and choice, I think, are key. And then also looking at the right technology that you have in place to support your teams. I think pulsing surveys, being in connection there. When you need to gather lots of data and figure out how to be compliant, doing that in an automated way. VMware has used Workday's technology to do that, where we had different guidelines that needed to be assigned in terms of health and safety during this pandemic. And just making that seamless and easy for people makes a big difference. So I'd say trust, choice, and thoughtful use of technology. Great advice. Well, thank you, Amy, for joining me today. If you'd like to hear more from the Workday podcast, please subscribe. Mm -hmm.